Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the name, I'm sorry, is the number that you should be dialing if you want to be part of the program. You can also send a message through the KPEL app chat. Now, if you do not have the KPEL app, you need to get it. ASAP. It is the easiest way to communicate with the show. You can ask Billy, Joey, uh, Allison, who joined in yesterday. I think that was the first time I had seen Allison uh, chatting on the app chat. Uh, but loads of folks chat in, chime in during the show. Love to hear from y'all. 232-1542 is the number or use that app chat. Plenty of things to talk about today. I need to start, though, with obviously the biggest news in Louisiana, and that is, of course, your national champion, LSU Tigers baseball team. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. Come on now. This isn't the Siri show. It's the Joe Cunningham show. I I don't need the robots to rise yet. Wait until 4 o'clock. Anyway, the LSU Tigers. If you did not watch it, you missed a stellar showing by LSU. And in a vacuum, it looked like a one-sided contest. Of course, if you take Sunday into account, it was revenge because it was one-sided the other way on Sunday. It was a much closer game on Saturday, the first game of the series. But I digress. You could... Tell. You could tell that the pitching staff, that Caglione starting out the game, you could tell that he was feeling lost and he was confused. And you saw that the moment Cade Beloso stepped up to the plate as the leadoff for the Tigers. That was big. That was a very, very big defining moment. You could see the look on Caglione's face when they, when they, did a close-up to him. You could see it on his face. He looked confused. He was not prepared. You could tell Florida had set. They they laid out their pitching strategy, okay? We got to try to get Dylan Cruz to swing. We got to try to get him get him tricked up by the, the pitch. We need to make sure that he doesn't get on base. And then we need to make sure that, you know, once he's not on base, that significantly lowers Tommy White's ability to hit for whatever witchcraft is involved there. Uh, Tommy White does not get on base nearly. He does not get a hit nearly as often as he does when Dylan Cruz is on base. It's an, an almost obscene stat. He's like batting 700 when Dylan Cruz is on base. It's incredible. But, you know, that's the strategy. We can't let Dylan Cruz get on base. That takes out Tommy White's effectiveness. Trey Morgan, you know he's going to swing. He's going to be a little goofy at the play, but... You know, he chokes up on the bat a lot. You can throw the pitches that that get a batting style like that out. And then you go from there and you you shut down the starting line. You you shut down the guys who are first up. But then Cade Beloso is guy number one that throws off the entire pitching strategy. You can tell Caglione was not comfortable with it. It messed with his brain. And this is an intellectual sport. And it just didn't go well for Caglione after that. And LSU did something that they did not do 
in the first two games of the series. They actually got guys off the bags and across home plate. There was something, I think it was something like 18 runs left on the bag in the first 11 innings of this series, the entire first game, and then the first two to three innings of the second game, LSU had something like nearly 20 runs left on bags. They couldn't get guys home because they got, they got that third out. Nobody was able to get home. Lots of runs, lots of opportunities that were missed by LSU in those first two games. Not so much in that last game. And so LSU's bats were alive. The pitching was on point. Kudos to Hurd. Kudos to Cooper. They really did a phenomenal job keeping Florida inactive at home plate. It was a great, great job by the LSU Tigers. And I say all that to say this. There has been much said about NIL much said about uh, buying teams, buying players. And what we're missing, what we're missing is that at any point since the NIL stuff became a thing, any of these guys could have been bought away. If that were really the case, if it were really the case of buying a team, any of these guys could have been bought off. But look at the heroes of the LSU Tigers, the majority of whom are Louisiana guys, the majority of whom are deeply passionate about their school, deeply devoted to their, I mean, hell, Cade Beloso's fiance moved their wedding so he could play this season and not have to miss any time. She's a hero in Louisiana, too. What's interesting is that there are people online, and I don't normally put too much stock into the online commentary, Except, except, they are undermining legitimate accomplishments, individual performances by these players. By talking about how LSU has has bought their team, they are undermining the individual accomplishments here. Because as much as, you know, any team sport is a team effort, there's a lot that rests on individual effort way more in baseball than it does in some other sports. You need a good supporting staff in a lot of other sports. In baseball, every player has to be at the top of their game because it's one player at a time when uh, when you're on offense, and every player's got to be at the top of their game because there's only one person who can make a play at a time. And they've got to be at the top of their game so the next guy can be at the top of their game. Paul Skeens wasn't reliant on a bunch of other people to be as good a pitcher as he was. Dylan Cruz was not reliant on a whole lot of other people to be able to be the type of hitter and base runner that he was, to be the type of outfielder that he was.
it should go without saying that these guys have, have achieved some incredible accomplishments. I want to say Tommy Tanks has something like 105 RBIs on the season. That stat's a little more dependent on teammates than some of the other stats. But the mere fact that he had such a high batting average when he was comfortable enough knowing Dylan Cruz was on base and he was able to connect with the ball as often as he did, especially during the College World Series, you're undercutting the effort that he put in. You're undercutting the effort that Cruz and Skeens and some of these other guys put in when you say that LSU bought their team. It's extraordinarily unfair. It is extraordinarily unfair to the effort that those guys put in. And far too often, this this is especially true in the case of Jordan Thompson. All too often, we are quick to render judgment about athletes who are, they're adults, but just barely. And these are guys who are trying to be the best they can be on the biggest stage in the sport they are most passionate about. And yeah, Jordan Thompson made some mistakes. And yeah, I was critical of him. I, it, it, it did make me upset to see him making mistakes that are really basic mistakes. But some of the outright hate and vitriol that he got completely out of the context of the rest of the season where he was a vital part of the team, completely unfair. And this goes into something deeper, something a lot more wrong with society right now. It's almost as though we as a society give in to our darker impulses way too much. We give in to the negativity. We are much more comfortable being negative than positive. There has been a growing number of stories in the media over the last several years, particularly since COVID. This is a phenomenon. Uh, Nate Silver, formerly of 538, uh, pointed this out, that there has been this uh, deluge, this, this, this cottage industry in journalism of writing these really negative stories. And like, things may seem good, but type stories. Um, Silver tweeted, kind of amazed how the, how well the, did you possibly feel a small pang of joy? Here's a random reason to stay miserable genre continues to do, though it was a pandemic thing, but still going strong. Silver was talking about three different stories. The first, uh, one against those who were rooting for Orca Whales one denouncing traveling from home, and one against using ice in cocktails because of climate change. Journalism's feeding into this, but it's a societal problem where we are choosing the negatives over the positive time after time. And it's not healthy. I want to talk about that a bit more when we come back. Of course, your calls, your comments, your messages on the app, 232 1542 is the number to call. I'm going to take this break back with the Joe Cunningham Show in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. Or open up the KPL app chat. Uh, hit the little text message looking icon up in the top corner, the top right corner. Hit general message and you can send a message. I will see that directly. There is a listener out there. Goes by Jake on the app. Jake here in Lafayette has a question about Josh Guillory. And not the topic for the day, but Jake, if you are listening, tune in on Thursday. Tune in Thursday morning because Mayor Josh Guillory does Lafayette Live every Thursday morning. You can send your questions in. They usually get to those answer those those questions from listeners throughout the show. But on Thursday afternoon, as of right now, it's on my schedule. Thursday afternoon, Mayor President Josh Guillory will be in studio with me, and we will be talking about uh, we will be talking about some issues and kind of going a little bit deeper than just the the some of the projects around the city and things like that. But really, just kind of want to talk to the mayor president looking forward to having him on. I think we're going to make that a regular thing, but uh, if you want to hear from mayor president, Josh Guillory on my show, tune in Thursday, but tune in every day, obviously tune in every day, uh, every weekday, three o'clock I'll I'm here except when I'm on vacation. I just got back from vacation, so we should be good. I will be out like the third week of August and uh, I will be at a political conference there in Atlanta, Georgia. But other than that, I'll be here unless something comes up. All right, let's go to the phone lines real quick. We got just under a minute. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hi, my name's Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good. I was calling regarding the um, the stuff you were talking about LSU earlier. Yeah. With buying a team and this and that. Uh Uh-huh. And my opinion on everything is that I'm not against – the NIL completely. I think it needs some reforms only oh. because only because schools like G5 schools will mm. uh, will forever uh, develop players into performing athletes just for them to leave. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering what your opinion on that is. That is going to take longer than the 10 seconds I have left, Mike, but stick around. What I will do is um, I will come back with that because I do have some thoughts on the NIL stuff, some things that that I think you're right. We do need some reforms there. There are a lot of coaches that are out there talking about it. Let's dig into some of that when we get back. Mike, thanks for the call. Stick around. I will be getting to that after this break. Your calls, 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can send a message to the KPL app chat. Let's take our bottom of the hour news, catch our commodities report, and we'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation. So the NIL. There is actually, this is, rel- I wanted to get to this story today, and Mike's call before the break kind of leads me into it. Right now, there's a battle brewing between the NCAA and state governments. The NCAA approved name, image, and likeness uh, rules in uh, a, a, a couple years ago. And since then, it's been kind of a wild west. 
So states are starting to put in some regulation over name, image, and likeness. And the NCAA actually sent a letter to member schools today, or it was leaked today, that they had sent this letter that they said, I'm sorry, uh, our rules uh, supersede state law, which, <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, they The NCAA can say that their rules are more important, but if they are encouraging their member schools to break state law, that's going to be a problem. The NCAA created a problem for itself by not having a plan. They, they really didn't when they said, okay, name, image, and likeness, we will allow deals like that now. We can allow college athletes to profit off their name, their image, and their likeness. And like I said, it's been kind of a wild west. And states are trying to regulate it. And a lot of the laws are basically written to say the NCAA cannot interfere with these athletes and their agreements, but you need to follow by these certain rules. So they're saying the NCAA can't get involved. The NCAA is saying, well, we're going to get involved. The NCAA, you should know, is a very tyrannical organization. Most, most sports organizations uh, that are the, the most one of the biggest ones in the country really are kind of oppressive governments in and of themselves. The NFL, MLB, NBA, NCAA, all fairly oppressive regimes up at the top. And the NCAA does not like to be on the losing side of an issue, but they have, as uh, one Oklahoma politician, Oklahoma recently passed uh, regulations on NIL. Uh, one Oklahoma politician pointed out the NCAA has a long history of losing court cases, and if they try to challenge the states on these regulations, they will lose there as well. To go to Mike's question, or I think his point from when he called in uh, in the last segment, I had mentioned that there there had been some folks online who had mentioned, uh, you know, who had said stuff like LSU had bought their team. These teams that are they're they're constantly buying, they're constantly buying these winning formulas, and I view it the same way that I view the Citizens United Supreme Court case. And it's a it's a Supreme Court case that a lot of people have shouted about uh, because it involve, it puts more money, more dark money into politics or whatever. However, what you need to note about uh, deregulating campaign uh, donations and campaign spending and things like that is when you do that, incumbency goes down. The more you free up money to go wherever it wants to go, the, when you loosen the rules on campaign finance uh, and campaign donations, incumbency goes down because the people who have fought to tighten those rules all of a sudden don't have nearly as much power because that money is free to move around a whole lot more against them. So incumbency goes down. Who is the loudest voice in college football right now against NIL? It's Nick Saban. 
Nick Saban had built over the course of years. And you can argue whether or not he's bought his team even before NIL became a thing. You can argue that Nick Saban was building a dynasty pre-NIL. Alabama routinely seen as the unbeaten or the unbeatable. Always the dominant force will always poll highly in the AP and coaches polls in NCAA football. That's just how it's going to be. But the transfer portal, NIL, more opportunities at different schools. Incumbency went down. Alabama is no longer at the top. They suffered a fairly embarrassing season compared to previous seasons. Now, you can say the Power Five schools, uh, the ones in the big conferences, they're the ones who benefit the most from this. Yes, but look at how much more variety there was jumping around the top 25 in college football this past year. It certainly makes the game more interesting. Now, where it comes down to being a little bit problematic is at the smaller levels, the smaller schools, the non-Power 5 schools. And you have schools that are trying to claw and fight and punch and kick and bite their way into the spotlight, and you've got all these Power 5 conference schools constantly dominating. And then something like a Raging Cajuns burst through the scene. All of a sudden, the Sunbelt Conference looks a whole lot better comparatively because they are having to claw and fight and punch and kick their way through. The Power 5 school, all the money is still flowing around. It's just flowing around differently. Do I think NIL needs to be regulated? Yeah, I do. I don't know what the regulation should look like. I'm not an expert on this particular... I'm not really an expert on a whole lot, actually. I just BS really well. Um, I'm not sure what those regulations should look like, but what I do know is that the more the money can flow around, one, the college athletes finally get to profit off of their skill, which is something I had to be, an idea I had to be converted on for a while, but I, I'm behind right now. Not only do the college athletes get to profit off of their skill and their ability. But the more the money gets to openly flow around, the more you see things changing up at the top. We do need regulation of NIL, but I think college athletics has seen a shift from which it cannot come back. Those dominant forces no longer necessarily the dominant forces because that money has allowed players to make a choice beyond where did I originally commit? These players can say, what is best for me? What is best for my family? And not out of greed and desire of money, but they got into this because they were so skilled they should get paid for their skills. How can they how can they best get what they feel they're worth? Maybe it is a transfer to another school. 
Maybe it is starting somewhere new. Maybe it is going somewhere different, getting a breath of fresh air. Maybe it's NIL, maybe it's not. But these players are now more likely to make a change based on what's best for them. And yes, there is something to be said for the importance of teamwork and supporting the team and supporting the group and all that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it is the effort that you're putting onto the field. It is what you are doing. It is what you are worth. And the athletes are starting to learn that. And it is kind of a generational thing. And it's a shift. But that shift has created something. It has toppled Alabama from being the top in not just football, but a couple different sports. But it's also opened the way for other teams, Power Five or not, to start to break through because they have to fight that much harder. But so is everybody else now. There's not some big, long wait list to try to get drafted by, by Nick Saban anymore. Now kids are weighing their options. Now they're looking at multiple factors. And a dynasty just isn't what a dynasty used to be. I don't think it's buying a team. I think college kids are actually having to face more responsibility now. They now have to make financial decisions along with the athletic decisions and the academic decisions. There's more responsibility on the players now than ever before. It's changing the sports we love. I love college more I love college athletics more than I will ever love professional sports. I like watching college sports way more. I wasn't even a big football guy until I started watching the Cajuns. A friend of mine convinced me to start watching the Cajuns, fell in love with watching baseball because of them. My brother-in-law, my my wife's I'm sorry, my my sister's husband He's a big LSU guy. And so when he's around, and like we did the big family vacation last week, watched all the LSU games, and I enjoyed watching it. And it's because I learned to love watching the sport from UL. But I love college sports way more than professional sports. And this is just another reason why this is now another factor that fundamentally has altered college football, college baseball, college basketball, women's uh, basketball, softball. It has fundamentally changed so many things. And I think that's pretty important. I think it's really important. And what we... Take NIL out of the equation. Let's say the NIL stuff had never been allowed by the NCAA. But let's say everything else, player-wise, staffing-wise, everything else had stayed the same. Do you think Brian Kelly could have made the shift that was needed post-Ed Orgeron to where the Tigers ended up at the end of the season last year if it weren't for the fact that things had shuffled so much across college football? I don't think so. He's a good coach. I don't think he's that good. But I think NIL actually helped LSU, and not in the, not in the buying a team way. I just think 
it's allowed for more movement, more shifting around and players to make better decisions for themselves. And ultimately that makes good decisions for the teams we like. Do I wish there was a lot of big money here in Lafayette to get a, a bunch of great athletes to come to UL? You bet. But I know that UL is going to be fine. UL's got talent. UL may have to be rebuilding over the next year or so. They may be just fine next year when it comes to football. You know softball is going to be good. You know baseball is going to be good. Basketball, men's and women's basketball have been on the rise. They've been doing well. All of those teams are about ready to break through. The Sun Belt Conference overall has been extraordinary in terms of making national headlines in ways nobody would have seen, I think, before NIL. Everything is kind of chaotic. I kind of like the chaos. I do think we need to regulate NIL a bit better. I think the states are on the right track. I think that the NCAA is stupid if they're telling member schools to ignore state rules. Because where does the funding for those schools come from? The state. 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message through the app chat. I'll check the app in just a second to see what messages are there. Respond to you guys off air and on air when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or you can send a message through the KPL app chat like Boomer. Boomer did uh, bring up a very good point. Change to the transfer portal. That's actually what I would love to see the NCAA go after. Tighten up the transfer portal rather than focus on the NIL stuff. You've let that cat out of the bag. Let the states regulate it. You go, if you really want to fix a lot of the problems, if you think the shuffling around and everything is, is a problematic, go after... Go after the transfer portal. Tighten that up a lot more. We saw the chaos that the transfer portal... Again, I like chaos, but if you really want to fix what you think is a problem being caused by the NIL, go ahead, make changes to the transfer portal. Boomer's right on that one. Uh, he also mentions... Uh, Boomer also mentions in, uh, you know NIL is now at the high school level. High school students can take part in that. Actually, the LHSA in Louisiana, I believe, also gave the preliminary okay on that one as well. So there is uh, there is room for the NCAA to make changes without trying to fight state laws on this now. Because now there's like 30-something states with NIL rules. So they're saying they're going to go after one big Supreme Court case and lose there. They're going to have 32 different lawsuits. What's, what's the deal here? How's the NCAA going to fight this? Because inevitably they are going to have to fight it in the court. And that's what they're telling their member schools to do is to ignore state law. Okay, before we go, there is a story that is just popping up. It's kind of been trickling up for a while, uh, but we're seeing we're seeing it become official now. Louisiana high school students who can't graduate because of leap test failure can now appeal. I have 
mixed thoughts on this. I'm not a standardized test fan because I don't believe that outcomes, strict outcome-based testing should be how we measure students. I don't think that the measuring them is uh, unsatisfactory, approaching basic, basic, uh, mastery in advance. I don't think that's necessarily the way you want to measure student growth, particularly right now when a lot of kids are struggling, the post-COVID stuff, even here in the state, although we've done a lot better than some other states, we're still struggling as a state. The focus should definitely be on growth. How many points, how many levels did your child grow on state testing? So if a child, quote, fails the LEAP test, yeah, let them appeal. Did they show growth, though? Did they start the year with a pretest showing that they were just absolutely tanking it? And did they grow to where they were just barely taking it? That is actually significant. When you look at the data, that is actually significant growth. We really need to be doing a better job of measuring growth rather than just strictly basing everything on outcome. That's what's causing a lot of the problems, I think, right now with kids who are just giving up. They can't pass a test and nobody's saying, well, you grew. Well, you got better. I'm not asking for a participation trophy. I'm just saying a lot of kids learn at different levels. They learn in different ways. They learn at different paces. Some of them just have blocks that prevent them from learning. They need to be given every opportunity possible to show that they are understanding some of they are making growth. All right, that's it for me. 23 hours, back again tomorrow. Twitter, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. You can also find the podcast version of the show. That's getting uploaded shortly. Shannon is offsides, but he's not here today. It's a best of Shannon is offsides coming up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.